Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. F- Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G, with me. As always, the man that in most cases, let's face it, would choose his dog over you, Dave Burles Berlin. Ten times out of ten. Oh, definitely. wow. Wow. Screw you guys. All oh. of you. Oh, no. Dogs even, even me? over people. Even you. Screw oh, you. <laughs> sad. Oh, sad. That was a bad way to start off our team team. I know. Team we'll, building we'll back, experience. We'll, we'll get back. We'll get it back. It's okay. It's okay. We got uh, an hour and a half. So exactly. True. We'll we'll work into it. We gotta we'll rekindle the magic a little bit later. Uh, I speaking of having I don't know sort of your uh, a bump in the road hmm, sort of yeah. to say you know mm-hmm. I was driving down the street the other day. And uh, let me say first, I was going five over the speed limit. You know, mm, I'm that's not. What they all say. I'm well. No, <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not a speeder man, especially around town. There's just no yeah. reason when there's lights. There's not a reason to speed because it's not going to mm-hmm. get you anywhere faster. Nope. It, it, yeah. It's it's science, folks. But anyway, science. It's proven. A very common thing in Florida happened to me. A car mm-hmm. sped up. To about three inches from behind my bumper, mm-hmm. then swerved into the other lane, drove mm-hmm. past me by about a foot in front of me, and then swerved right back into my lane, cutting me off without using a signal. Girl, come on! Oh, f- yes, yes, that I is correct. That That's correct. That. It's and unnecessary. Unne- you know why? Because like a hundred feet down the road, we hit a light, a and I'm just light. like, there I you know. are. There you are. That's when I, that's when you just clap in your car and you just flick them off and you're like, <laughs> well, look, good, here ex- we are. Exactly, Dave. You bring up a good point, right? So true. Normally, when people get in that situation, what's the move they reach for? The middle finger. That's the response, right? And I thought about that's it. Go to. I thought I've about it for it. a couple seconds yeah. and I was like, <sighs> I mean. Yes. Did you get a look at the guy when he passed you? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know. That may was... have affected your opinion. Hmm. Nah, not too much, I don't think. But, but like, I just decided in general, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to overreact. It's a little bit too drastic mm-hmm. because it's an all or nothing, mm-hmm. you know? It's, sure. it's, either, it's either F you or not, you know? Right, right. Totally. And, and, and I started thinking about it. I was like, we all recognize that is a bad thing. Like, everybody in the world knows that is essentially F you. That's a fact. Like, and then I started thinking about it. I was like, who made that decision? Hmm. Who decided that their middle... that Yeah, their middle finger was going to stand for F you. Like, I was like... And I was like, hmm. And I was like, you know what? That sounds like HTH. I was like, (laughs) well, I was like, I bet you the internet has the answer. I bet yeah. you there's some there's some there's some information on this. Please so, inform me. So I went and I looked it up, you know, and uh, and as I was going through it, I was thinking, I was like, did I, yeah, like, 
I, I I thought just in my head, like just back in whenever the first time it happened, I was like, mm-hmm. did somebody try it? And then the person that they flipped off was like, what What's wrong with your index finger? Did you hurt it? Why, are you trying to? Why, you have trigger are, finger. <laughs> are you trying to point at something? No, no. This means f you. Oh, like why didn't you just say f you? Because I came up with a cool way to show you without saying it. All right. All right. I guess. Whatever. Like, you know? But anyways, I found out. I found out. It's been going on since ancient Greece. Word. Ancient Greece. Wow, that's longer than I would have expected. Yeah. Yeah, Those Greeks, man. Creators of so many great things, including the middle finger. Just, and apparently, a lot of people think that the first person to really bring it into vogue, really perfect it, was Mm -hmm. the cynic philosopher Diogenes. Oh. Yeah. And it, Diogenes, too, like, it makes complete sense. Because uh, I don't know if you know anything about Diogenes. but Not at es- all. His, essentially, his entire life was a middle finger to other people in society. So true. <laughs> like, that's that's all his life was. I mean, the you know, the term cynic comes from mm-hmm. him. He started the philosophy of being cynical, of being a cynic. Mm-hmm. So, okay. you know. You know, like, for instance, this guy lived on the street, and he usually, like yourself, he was a big fan of dogs, and he'd just hang out Mm -hmm. with dogs on the street. And then one day, a guy walked by and was like, what's wrong with you? You live on the street like a dog. And Diogenes just walked up to this dude and started to pee on him. Wait, what? That's how he responded. (laughs) So, you know. That's better than the middle finger. But... Apparently, so, you know, that was that was the first dude that really, like I said, brought it into vogue. And it, it stayed mm-hmm. around in all cultures. But the first time it showed up and it was documented in America was mm-hmm. in an 1886 picture of a Boston baseball team. Hmm. Yeah. And first of all, just with this whole it story, <laughs> there are so many good names involved with this baseball team. First of all, I had no idea about this, and I'm angry at myself that I didn't. There was actually a baseball team in Boston called the Boston Bean Eaters. Word. Oh, dang. How did we not know that? That was their name. And I was I'm like, can Minor we... Minor league. Can we please <laughs> change the Red Sox name back to the Bean Eaters? I will watch yes, baseball again if we change the name back to Bean Eaters. Yes! Like, I at will, least a farm team. And I can guarantee you, my dad will. He is a fan of beans, and he will support anyone that also eats beans. <laughs> that also supports eating of beans. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. But anyway, so along with the Bean Eaters, there was a guy on the team that almost sounds like a derogatory term too—just Bean Eaters, right? Yeah. You dirty bean eater, you. Wait, what? Anyways, um, on the bean eaters, there was a pitcher on the team, uh, and his name was Old Hoss Radborn. Sweet. Wow. Yeah. That's a manly name. Right? Like, his name wasn't actually Old Hoss. I forget what his first name originally was, but, like, nobody called him that. Everybody called no, him Old of Hoss. of course not. So... Old Hoss in the photo is giving the middle finger. Word. And that's apparently he was apparently the 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 other team 
uh, was like across the field when they were giving the picture, and he was just like, boom, hey, like that. And it's all subtle because he's in the back row of players, and he just puts it on mm-hmm. the guy in front of him's shoulder. And he's just like, nice. boom, there it is. Uh, so there, there you go. So back to my original conundrum, Dave, after I thought about this. And I said, okay, mm-hmm. middle finger's been around forever. It's still yeah. too dichotomous for me. It's a binary mm. situation, you know? There's no in-between. Yeah. Zero right. to 100, real quick. I mean... Real quick. You you meet the wrong person, you throw up a middle finger, you're getting punched in the face. Like, you know? Or shot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to end up in a Doc G story from from the headlines, pretty much. <laughs> um, so I started thinking about it. We've got five fingers with our thumb, right? Mm-hmm. On mm-hmm. each hand. So true. Generally. The thumb, is, the thumb is good. Yeah, well, and generally when we do a survey, there are five responses. Strongly disagree, disagree, neutral, agree, strongly agree. Obviously, middle finger is strongly disagree. Thumb is strongly agree. Here's what mm-hmm. I think. We should designate the ring finger as the disagree finger because it looks sort of like the middle finger, but it's not as strong, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's the disagree finger. We designate the pointer finger as the agree finger. Like, yeah, I hear you, buddy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And then the pinky's just like neutral. I don't know. I don't even know what yeah, the F I'm doing little, on this hand. Who knows? <laughs> right? So you just throw the pinky up if you're neutral on something. Doesn't that sound good? Sure. Am I right? I... I I could get behind that. That's definitely something that makes sense. People will get it. Yes. You know, it could it could catch on. Yes, adopted. I'm exactly like Diogenes. Wait, what? 2,400 years later, a new Diogenes. Doc G. Boom. 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 Now that we've agreed, doctor can we all- Doctor and philosopher. Exa- well, I, I have a doctorate in philosophy, so there you go. Uh, oh. Yes. Yes, PhD. That's what it is. Uh, now that we can agree, can we all put our thumbs up that this show needs to fire itself up? Huh? Thumbs up, not Boom. the middle finger. Boom. Let's go. Boom. All three engines up and burning. Two, one. Zero and lift off. Dave, oh my goodness. I'm excited today. I'm excited today. We've got another, another halfway super around hot the fire one. Well, another halfway around the world guest. Say what? We've got a oh. Yeah, yeah. We've got an amazing group, the Teskey Brothers. Uh, okay. They okay. just they just performed on the uh, 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 on the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And now we've got them. So <laughs> step up. Hiyo. <gasps> yes. <laughs> it um, just keeps getting better for them. Nope. All the way from Mel- Melbourne. So when Melbourne. Yeah. So when we're talking to and not Melbourne, Florida, guys. Nope. I know you're thinking about that. <laughs> not Ooh. Melbourne, Florida. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be nine ish, ten, depending on when we start the convo up with them. There, crazy, mm-hmm. ten a.m. and it's gonna be eight ish p.m. here. Crazy, crazy. Wow. Yeah, mind it's nuts. Blown. Mind I still, blown. I, I, I mean, I know it just it sounds dumb, but I, I still get amazed by time zones. It's just so true. It's crazy. <laughs> it's it's just crazy to think like you're like oh man, you're like in a whole different world. It's just like, it's like, ah, oh, you're starting your day. I'm ending mine. Insane. Weird. And, and weird. you're the next day ahead. It's crazy. Science. Yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. 
Take that, Flat Earthers. It actually happens. It's true. Okay. How else could that happen in your Flat Earth world? It couldn't. It's science. Anyways. Yeah. Dave, we, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Let's go. Happy birthday, Mr. President. So, I was talking to Jake earlier today. Jake said, mm -hmm. uh, good luck on the birthday suits. Well, thank you, Jake. I, I told him who you had, uh, and he said, ooh. I said, yeah, I know. I'm thinking two out of three. We both sort of agreed the last mm. one's going to be a tough hurdle for you. The first mm. two, thank you, God. Last one, okay. tough. Okay, so this one, 98%. 98. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. Go. Born on September 2nd, 1997 in Kinston, North Carolina. Our birthday suits uh, where his father played semi-professional basketball. Would go on to be a ref for high school and college basketball. His father was also friends with Kinston native Jerry Stackhouse. Hmm. When our birthday suit wear was in eighth grade, Jerry Stackhouse started coaching his AAU team. Our birthday suit wear also played on the high school team for four years and led his high school team to four straight state championships. Crazy. Crazy. Coming out of Impressive. high school... He was ranked as a five-star recruit Jeez. and decided mm -hmm. to go to Duke University. He stayed with Duke one year before declaring for the NBA draft. He was drafted second overall by the Los Angeles Lakers. And Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram is correct. Nicely done. Whoa. Nicely done. And, side note, he was just on Monday, became the league's most improved player. There you go. I saw that. Congratulations, Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. And 2020, first time All-Star as well. First time All-Star. I think nice. they should stop pushing him to get bigger. You know? They keep yeah, telling him to like, get you're either like KD or you know you're not. Well, it's a, it's a rarity that you get uh you get a, a on Tedakumpo that can fill out his shape as much as he did you know that's a rare right. he is the greek Mostly freak for a reason body type you're you're stuck with it yeah you're you, like you said you're kd you're you're the you know you're the <laughs> skinny fella that can really move at that tall Lanky, skinny frame right. yeah exactly and it's just i mean you know you're the slim reaper that's what you are Yep. Okay, Embrace okay, Brandon, it. you have not earned the title Slim Reaper. Sorry, that is not Kevin, Kevin Durant. Even though Kevin Durant does not like the term, he is still the Slim Reaper. So true. Anyways, happy birthday. That's the big 2-3 Michael Jordan year there. Yeah. Woohoo! Get yeah. it, buddy. Get it. Yes, indeed. Enjoying outside of the bubble now. You know, I mean, might not be in the playoffs, but... At least he gets to enjoy things outside of Disney World, you know? That's nice. <laughs> True. That's nice. I mean, not that they've got it that bad in there, but, you know, I'm sure not it gets old after a little bit, you know? Anyways, okay, Dave, you ready? You ready to rip some headlines? Hmm. Let's rip it, buddy. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. All right, fantastic. Uh... I wanted to start off with this article because it stuck out to me. 
So okay, okay. this is a Huff- Huffington Post article, and the title really just got me. Uh, and the title was, <laughs> quote, I'm a grown woman, and I still sleep with a stuffed animal. Mm. And then oh, the subtitle God. is, George is my deep, dark secret, and I'm sharing our story now in the time of COVID because many of us are quietly struggling. Word. Right? So, wow. so now, I'm, obviously, George is her teddy bear. Is the stuffed animal. Yeah. Yes. Now, the lady that wrote the story had coronavirus. She And she had, you know, a tough time with it. Tough symptoms. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, she, she wasn't sure whether or not she's going to have to go to the hospital. And, obviously, she had to be by herself. Um, so, she was quarantined by herself. And so, the only thing she had to talk to was George, teddy bear. Right? And, basically, the article is about how George uh, has been her constant companion through pretty much her whole life. And uh, she summarizes how it's okay to turn to something trivial and small like a teddy bear when things are chaotic. And uh, I got to agree. I completely agree with her. That's right. Totally right. I disagree. Oh, small <laughs> Wait, small things in life generally mean the most. And, and well, yeah, but I mean, a freaking teddy bear, I don't know how old this lady is, but... She you hold on to something else. Well, not a teddy bear. Well, okay. Uh, here, here's the thing. Uh, I agree with you. You could probably move on from the teddy bear, but, but, hmm. it's not a deep dark secret. Nope. Like, if that's your, if that's your most deep dark secret, we need to promote this girl to like Pope or Supreme Court justice or president. Because so true, or something honorable, because that is the greatest deep dark secret ever. As as far as not bad, like let me yeah, tell you, you still got your life together. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you, lady, like taking codeine on your bathroom breaks at work is a dark secret. Wait, what? Or Whoa. St- stealing a car <laughs> and driving it into a river—that's a dark secret. Jeez. Stuffed animal—that's not a dark secret. I'll tell you right now. I have five stuffed animals on my couch at all times. Oh, that is, is why Doc finds nothing wrong with this. Exactly. <laughs> I have full-blown conversations with my stuffed animals. That's fine. I put that on a resume, man. I got a deep, dark secret. I'll tell everybody out here. All three people listening. I have stuffed animals. I don't care. Come on. It's not bad. I'm just saying, Dave, you might want to talk to her about getting rid of the stuffed animal. I'm saying it's not a deep, dark secret. We can downgrade it to something I don't tell many people. You know? I, I mean, you know, with, with FaceTime and, and Skype and Zoom and all this stuff, you can find companionship. That's true. I guess there. I'm so old school I didn't even think about it. I guess you, you didn't just think <laughs> pulled up a phone and talked to somebody. That's there, true. There was no one there for me the whole time. I was alone. They yeah, didn't she she too did not know how to use FaceTime. They didn't lock her into a bomb shelter or something. That's true. Um anyways. Okay, so that's all I had on that story. The, this next okay. story is is pretty interesting. That, that touched too. A, a note for you. <laughs> well, I was just like, come on. You're saying that's bad? Out of all the bad things we've heard everyone in this world do, a stuffed animal, your deep, yeah, dark if that's secret. That's the weirdest thing. Yeah, you're come good. Come on. Anyways. You're doing all right, lady. Exactly. You're and doing you fantastic. COVID, so. Yeah. Thumbs up all the way around. Yes! Um, 
This next story is interesting. This is a little more serious topic, Dave. But I thought I wanted to talk about it because uh, the overreaction I thought there was. So, this past week, the governor of Texas and the National uh, Fraternal Order of Police have called for the firing of a teacher... Uh, near Dallas, Texas. Jeez. And they're, they're calling for the firing of the teacher because of an assignment that the teacher assigned. Uh, oh. The written instructions for the assignment included a discussion about the First Amendment, giving America's uh, Americans, obviously, the right uh, of freedom of speech. Freedom of speech. Uh, yeah. Freedom of religion. Freedom of press. And uh, noted some of the violent protests that have taken place across the U.S. over the summer. And they said, uh, quote, in the midst of the protests following George Floyd's death, some have criticized protesters for creating chaos. Others say the violence is instigated by outside extremist groups. Hmm. And many see police initiating violence at the protests. Hmm. It then asked the students to use their prior knowledge and online research to describe the role of protest in democracy and ask them if protests could, quote, lead to real change in America's treatment of black and brown people. Then wow. the real like catalyst of their anger of the governor and the uh, Fraternal Order of Police was that there was also a cartoon, a political cartoon, right? And the political mm-hmm. cartoon mm-hmm. had five separate drawings each from different eras of American history. The first being a slave trader kneeling on a slave's neck. The second being Mm -hmm. a slave trader... uh, 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 Sorry. The first one being a slave capturer kneeling on a slave's neck. The next one being a slave owner kneeling on a slave's neck. The third being Mm -hmm. a KKK member kneeling on a black man's neck. The fourth being a Jim Crow Air police officer kneeling on a a black man's neck. And then the fifth, a modern-day police officer kneeling on a black man's neck. That's deep. Yeah. And and basically, you know, it it did not say anything on these. Basically, what it was was the, the slaves in the first pictures and then the black Americans in the second pictures... Showing, continue. suggesting no change. Yeah. Yes. And uh, so the agency, the Fraternal Order of Police, said, I cannot begin to tell you how abhorrent the and disturbing this comparison is. But what is more disturbing is that no adult within your school thought better before sending this assignment to children. Then the governor said, a teacher in a Texas public school comparing police officer to KKK is beyond unacceptable. So, first of all, let me say, Dave, I get how this could hurt if you were a cop that does your job, that helps the community, and doesn't have a racist bone in your body. I understand. But you also have to understand the history of what you're doing. Like, to to the governor... Let's understand something, Governor. Comparing a police officer to a KKK member, especially during Jim Crow, there were actually KKK members in Within the police. The police. Yeah. In yeah. fact, the leader of the KKK in the 1920s regularly said and publicized that members of the KKK were at every level of law enforcement. And he was not lying. So true. He was being truthful. So wow. there's there's not some kind of comparison. It was true. There's no exaggeration of that. 
And then, even now, in this time period, just less than a year ago, there was a police officer fired in Michigan when potential buyers for his house found his KKK application at his home. Wow. So, it may be rare, but it still even happens now. Like, so, it's not an exaggeration. Third, none of these cartoons are untrue. There's nothing untrue of any one of these. Nope. So, like, I'm sorry to the governor and the police, but there are a lot of people out there, especially in the black population, that easily see this comparison and agree with this comparison. Totally. And, like, the teacher, like, didn't tell the students that police officers were slave owners. Nope. He told, or he or she told the students to think about the cartoon and what implications the cartoon may have. Hmm. And, you know, I don't know, Dave. Maybe talking about it when students are young and finding ways to change a perception then isn't a bad idea. Instead of just telling them to get get rid of it now. Get rid of it. Like, that doesn't make any sense, man. Right. And, and like you said, you know, there's going to be some cops that are affected by it and, um, you know, it doesn't apply to them. They have a different way of thinking. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that group is categorized together, unfortunately, yeah. Um, yeah. the good and the bad. And you have just like the people on the other side of those cartoons that are categorized together, the good and the bad. Exactly. Um, so, now, you know, you got to take what it what it is. I would say the worst thing about that assignment to me was he said the role of protest in democracy. Word. And we are not a true democracy. We are representative democracy. So I Mm. would say change that because it's not a big as role of protest in a representative democracy as it is in a true democracy. Protest somewhere. This is a pretty high level assignment too. Yeah, you know. Is this like a senior class? No. No, this is middle school, man. This is middle school. Middle school. Oh, dang. And, and I mean, you know, I like that's the thing. It's like I agree. It's getting them to talk about something that is current. Early. It's yeah. it, it's smart. It gets it mm-hmm. out there in the conversation. Like you don't cure anything by just shoving it in the back, you know, putting it in the closet. That's not going to work. Nope. I thought it was ridiculous. I just had to bring it up. Dave, on, article. A, on a lighter note. Quick world record update. Are you ready? Oh, yes. <laughs> From Minnesota, Joseph Grissomore broke the mm-hmm. world record for tallest mohawk with 42 oh. and a half inches. Wow, 42 inches, 12, three and a half feet on yeah. his head. Yeah. G- yeah. Goodness you know, gracious. Y- you know what, Dave? I'd, I'd say in this case... I think I'm going to have to ask for a little less hawk. <laughs> oh, 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 <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. Stupid See, that's jokes. That's a hair. That's a lot. So much. Took uh, took a half bottle of gel to get it up there, to stay up there. Wow. That's what yeah. she said. Yeah. <laughs> what? <Huh>? Gel? <laughs> gel? Really? Uh, that's uh, weird. That's a weird way of doing it. All right. Um, oh, no. Dave, we we had a we had a catastrophic hurricane this past week, right? Oh yeah, of, dude, that was scary, man. It's crazy. There were a lot of uh, you know, 
A lot of people won't quickly forget about it, especially those folks in Louisiana, Texas. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the mm-hmm. folks in Beaumont there. Um, there a lot of uh, there's the death toll's been rising. There's billions of dollars in damage, but something wild that like isn't nearly as serious, but I just found insane as far as the hurricane. Mm-hmm. This, this this is hard to believe. So the storm Laura was so strong. Mm-hmm. That the uh, the Natchez River that goes right mm-hmm. by our favorite town of Beaumont, yeah, the mm-hmm. Natchez River flowed in reverse for several hours because of how strong the storm was. Wait, what? The wind was literally pushing it the other way. Yes, it literally wow. reversed the whole river. Like you know, they have monitors as far as the flow rate of the river, and it completely reversed. For 12 hours. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. It is, man. It is. I read that, and I was like, I don't even have a joke for that. That's just crazy. Like, no, I'm just, like, thinking. It's like, holy crap. Do hurricanes, do they all spread? Well, essentially, direction? all the winds, when it was coming up, the, the hurricane, the, the winds were going predominantly oh, north. they were just pushing it away. Okay. They yeah, were going okay. predominantly north, and the river is flowing south into the, the Gulf of Mexico. So you just got this it, because big... Because the storm was moving away from the flow. Got yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, essentially the opposite direction. But, like, I wondered, like, how far ahead... Like that mm-hmm. happened? Was it like you yeah. know, like because they like, like how many miles away was the storm? Yeah, well, like if you effect, were just sitting yeah. in Beaumont and all of a sudden you looked over and you're like, "Hey guys, is the river going backwards? What is that normally the way it goes?" Because nope, I think something bad might be coming. Just like you know, especially <laughs> like back in the day before like radars and they knew it was coming. Technology. Just like yeah. That might be a sign of, like, I don't know, biblical omens coming our way. We might want to get out of here. Just thinking. Right. Um, Oh, man. Could you imagine? Insane, man. Insane. Uh, Dave, I I think I brought this up around about two years ago. Hmm. I had a pretty great job for you. And I think you mm-hmm. you might recall it. It was a it was a lifeguard at a nudist park. Sweet. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Now sadly, you didn't get to take the job off. Oh. Yeah. I mean, you know. But it's okay. We can life re- got in the way. We Lame. can rectify that mistake, Dave. It's okay because I've got another <laughs> job that we both can apply for. Say what? Oh, let's hear it. So a couple in England uh, mm-hmm. that are practicing nudist. Mm-hmm. Have posted an ad online to try and find someone to help them move, and <laughs> they're offering two thousand pounds, Jeez. which would Sheesh. be almost twenty seven hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could fly out and help them. Yes! Now, obviously, the catch here is that they have decided whoever helps them m- must be naked while they help them. Word. I. I am man enough to yeah be able to carry through on that. Yes, I agree. I agree. We've got to hurry up and apply. I mean, $2,700 for like it's got to be less than a day's work. They can't have oh, like easy. I mean, you know they're not going to have many boxes they don't, for they clothes. Don't clothes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's like the hardest part. <laughs> yeah. So you know that's all gone. Like I mean, 
pretty good. Also, I've I've thought when we apply, I've got a name mm-hmm. for our moving service. Hmm. You want to hear? Two beards, no clothes. Four balls in a truck. Huh? <laughs> huh? Yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah. Little play on that on on the two guys in a truck. I thought it was good. I thought it was nice. There we they, go. I think they'd get it as nudist. They'd be up for that it. Could, that could catch on in America. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, okay. One more story before we go to break. Uh, this is something that I think might be so stupid it might actually become very popular. Word. Um, okay. So a video game developer in New York. Mm-hmm. Hasaji mm-hmm. Alji uh, mm-hmm. realized there's a hole in the video game market. There's a gap mm. that needs to be filled. Yeah. And uh, you missed it. Uh, a week and a half ago, me and Jake talked about the new flight simulator. Have you seen that? No. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So Microsoft puts out a flight simulator every now and then. And it, uh, mm-hmm. the, the new one is very very realistic and you can fly sure. you, you know you can pick your you you can pick your plane and fly literally wherever you want around the world and it uses mm-hmm. maps microsoft maps to actually fill in satellite photos so you're seeing like the real deal as you go through which is pretty cool cool well Definitely. hasaji saw an opportunity he said you know what i know what people want and in reality nobody wants this but he has developed a game that gives the absolute realistic experience of mm-hmm. taking a long flight in real time in economy class of an airplane. Oh, God. What yeah. A dreadful. What a dreadful experience to have to simulate. Exactly. And he, he literally spent, obviously, a ton of time creating this uh, i'm sure resources too <laughs> and you can take on this on this new flight simulator you can take a flight from new york to reykjavik iceland that takes six hours mm-hmm. you, you can do things like look out the window Sweet. and there, just like in the microsoft simulator there's realistic satellite imagery that you would see in this flight when you're taking it and uh, when talking about the game, Algie said, our goal was to design the standardized flight and then layer it with delights and annoyances and idiosyncrasies that the frequent flyer will surely find relatable. Word. Man. <laughs> he made this. He made this a game, Dave. And, like, he's trying to sell it to a population that largely has an attention span of eight seconds. Girl, come on! Like, who? I just, what are you accomplishing by, like, doing exactly. that? At least, like, in a flight simulator, there's uh, an end goal. Well, and it's fun, you at know. least. You're you're controlling the right. plane. You're you're doing things. Like, this has no, like, who wants to play this game? I'm positive that even people that have never been on a real long plane ride, if they were asked to play this, they'd be like, no, why the f- do that? Like, they, they, no, like, who wants to do that? And, like, also, he said... Even people who fly don't want to fly. Well, that was the thing. He said, you know, uh, the delights, annoyances, and idiosyncrasies that frequent flyers will surely find relatable. Hmm. And I'm sure there are thousands of men out there 
that can relate to the pain of kidney stones that have had kidney stones, it doesn't mean they're sitting there saying, man, there is only a way I could recreate that experience of kidney stones. (laughs) That'd be dope. (laughs) Like, come on. Nobody wants to relate to that in real time. Insane. Anyways, we are going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guests, the Teske brothers, right here on the Doc G Show.
And we are back here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Dave? Guys, ladies, mm-hmm. use your podcast app, mm-hmm. click on it, mm-hmm. search the Doc G Show. That's true. Download it. Yep. Give us a five-star rating. Mm-hmm. Comment how awesome we are, yes. what you love about the show, your favorite segment, yes. whatever you want. Yes. Just make it good and juicy. Yes. Ew. Go to the website, www.thedocgshow.com. Check out all the good stuff we got yes. on there. Doc's got a schedule yes. of future guests for you. Yes. We got some other videos and content for you as well. And then there's also some good little segments on the Instagram, mm. at docgshow. So I, w- I work hard you, on them, you guys. You can get so much. He has cool visual effects. I do. That you won't see anywhere else. No. no. Literally it take, nowhere else. It takes me a long time. It takes me way more time than it should. And he, But he does it for you guys. I do. I do. It's very true. It's very true. I do do it for them. And I, I've still got two potential guests that are right now I'm juggling, Dave, that my goodness, if mm-hmm. I get them, ha <laughs> ha. Big things. Big things. Oh, peeps. the roof is going to come off on these. The roof is going to come off. The roof is on fire. Yes. What? We don't need no water. Let the yes burn. Yes. Let the middle finger burn. Yes. Um, oh, the middle finger. Mm, Dave, uh, before we get to shout outs, real quick, there's just one real. Uh, I didn't know. This is my area of the show where I put things where I don't know where else to put them. Um, right. <laughs> there, there was this radio uh, commercial. I was listening to, mm-hmm. um, actually it was on Spotify, I take that back. Then I heard it again on radio a little bit later. But mm-hmm. it's for Guinness mm-hmm. Beer. And uh, okay. it, they at the end of the Guinness Beer ad, they say, there's just something about Guinness Beer that makes us realize we have more in common than we do different. Word. Hmm. And I was like, let's be honest. Hmm. That's really dumb. Like that's... I don't, I don't get if I'm supposed to like. Are they talking about people? Or are yeah. They still talking about beer? No, they're talking about people. For some reason, the beer reminds us that we are all one human race. Apparently, so true. And I, I got to be honest. Like food, yeah, food can do that to you. Family, that can do that to you. Music, that can do that to you. But like beer. Nope. A beer that was made in the 1700s in Ireland? Nope. Makes us go, yeah, I'm just like you. Girl, come on. What? I mean, it's, I kind of, I mean, you can lump food and beer together because. I guess. You know, everyone has their own different, it's interesting how, like, all the different, um, you know, countries and tribes and groups of people in different areas all came up with similar ways to do the same activities, but yeah. just slightly variations. So, you know, yeah. there is another like cult <laughs> following almost. I guess so. We're supposed <laughs> to all realize we're alcoholics. That's true. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it brings us together. It's true. Okay. We're, we're all different shapes, sizes, and colors, but in the inside, <laughs> we're all programmed to j- drink, drink beer as much nope. as possible. Okay. okay. <laughs> nope. Well, on that note, let's thank to the people that listen to our show that uh, aren't grabbing a Guinness, or maybe they are grabbing Guinness and listening they to our show. They all have their own microbreweries all across wow. the world. Wow, that's impressive. 
Those guys work hard. I didn't know that. Okay. Where do you want to start? Regulars, semi-regulars, newcomers? Hmm. Uh, let's shout out to the regulars first. Okay. Here we go. I'm going to run down them. I'm going to try as fast as I can. Are you ready? Yep. Here we go. One breath. <clears throat> shout out to Jacksonville, Florida. Shout out to Columbia, South Carolina. Shout out to Gainesville, Florida. Shout out to Radford, Virginia. Shout out to Dublin, Ireland. Shout out to Boardman, Oregon. Shout out to Charlotte, North Carolina. Shout out to South Carolina. Shout out to Barcelona, Spain. Shout out to Ashburn, Virginia. Shout out to Roanoke, Virginia. Shout out to Kenner, Louisiana. Shout out to Madison, Tennessee. Shout out to Mountain View, California. Shout out to London, United Kingdom. Shout out to Orlando, Florida. Shout out to Peoria, Illinois. Shout out to Genoa, Italy. Shout out to Brighton, United Kingdom. Shout out to Bristol, Virginia. Shout out to Moscow, Russia. Shout out to Fisherville, Virginia. Shout out to Columbus, Georgia. Shout out to Houston, Texas. Shout out. <sighs> Woo. <sighs> I, I had a little bit of anxiety. I was like, is he breathing? I think, oh, I think that was a breath. Oh, uh, Doc, you need to breathe. Three. Keep going, but don't, but breathe. I got, I got three in there. Three breaths, and I tripped on Fishersville. Oh, Fishersville on. got me. I had a smooth sailing until Fishersville, Virginia, and then I, I tripped there. But Blam. really, guys. All in all, good performance. All the regulars. Thank you for your listens. Yes, thank you. And we added Houston, Texas. I don't know if you noticed that, but they are new. I caught that. Yes, regulars. Houston, Texas. Thank you, guys. Welcome, H-Town. Yes. Shout out. Uh, soon to be, I think, soon to be the second biggest city in the in the country. I think they're... they're really? Or third. Third. Sorry, third. Yeah, third. Because they're passing Chicago. They're, they're going to pass Chicago. For a number of people? Yeah, for, yeah, for, for third biggest city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's a there's a little beef going on in there. Say I what? think me and uh, me and Justin talked about that a while back on the uh, show. Word. The uh, the the beef. I didn't know there was beef. Yeah, a little beef. You know, a little fun ribbing between each a other. Italian beef. You know, from Chicago. Yeah, I wouldn't mind having some of that. Uh, okay, semi regulars. San Francisco coming in with the heavy listens this week. Thank you, San Fran. Shout out. Uh, Shout out to y'all. Yeah. Fair, Fairfax, uh, Virginia. Shout out to you guys. Shout out. And then uh, okay, okay. Dallas, Texas. Shout out to you guys. Shout out. Uh, San Jose, California. Shout out to you guys. Shout out. And San Diego. Shout out to you guys. Ah, uh, San Diego. Yeah, San Diego. And lastly, Brooklyn. Shout there out. There we go. There we go. Semi-regulars. Very nice. Okay, Dave. Newcomers, you ready? Say what? I'm ready. Okay, first one on the list. Laredo, Texas. Shout out. Okay, okay. Shout out to Laredo. Welcome. It's down there, man. It is down there. It is. It's on the It's on the Mexican border, and it's farther. I was going to say, the name kind of sounds like it's it's got that Hispanic descent. It's further south than Corpus Christi. It's way down there. Wow. Yeah. It's literally on the line. Yeah, well, and like, you know, in the little point down there. It's not as far down yeah. as Brownsville, because Brownsville's like at the very, very bottom. Um, but has 236,000 people. Jeez. What? Dang. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's sort of like El Paso, too, because it just goes directly into a Mexican city. It goes into a mm -hmm. Mexican city that's Nuevo Laredo. Um. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Right over. Right over the Rio Grande. Um. Now this was just a random thing that I saw while looking up for info for Laredo, but mm -hmm. McDonald's is the ninth biggest employer in the whole city. Wait. What? Wow. That is impressive. <laughs> ninth. 
Like that means they either have a lot of McDonald's on the street corners or they have some sort of like McDonald's factory. Well, like if the numbers are correct, that means and I know this doesn't sound like a lot, but if the numbers are correct, that means McDonald's employs one in every 200 people in Laredo. Jeez. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, uh, McDonald's apparently almost employs the exact same number of people as the Texas A&M International University, which has 9,000 students. Jeez. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. But shout out to Laredo. Thanks for listening, guys. Okay. Um, Next on the list, shout out to Irwin Pennsylvania. Irwin. Okay, Irwin. Welcome. Right down the road from Greensburg. I, I'm betting the people nice, that listen nice. probably they might, took a little trip. They probably had a little Loopy and Leo's, be my guess. Probably. Or they told their friends. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully they told their friends. That'd be nice. Um, it's actually in between Greensburg and Pittsburgh, Irwin is. So nice, you're in nice. the middle there. Not that big. Only 4,000 people. Only 4,000 people Jeez. in Irwin. Uh, the drummer of Matchbox 20, Paul Doucette. From Irwin. From Irwin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I... One of 4,000. I didn't actually plan wow. this, Dave, but there's a McDonald's mm-hmm. connection in Irwin, too. Say what? Because mm-hmm. apparently, they're the home of the Big Mac Museum. Word. Oh, I would love to check that out. Complete with a 14-foot-tall sculpture of a Big Mac. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's art. Apparently... Uh, franchise owner of McDonald's, Mr. Jim Delegati, uh, came up with the invention of the Big Mac in 1967. And his McDonald's that he owned were in western Pennsylvania. So they decided to put the Big... didn't know it started over there. Yo, the Big Mac did. So... Right, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the actual McDonald's started in California. Um, Yeah, that, that movie is actually really good. It is, isn't it? It's a good movie. Uh, Michael Keaton does a fantastic job. Fantastic job. Very good. That's a very good movie. Enjoyable. What is it called? Hmm. Uh, oh, I'll get like I'll get back the, to you, listeners. We'll get no. we'll get back to it. Um, but the U- Uniontown, Pennsylvania, which is about forty miles south of Irwin, that's where mm-hmm. the first Big Mac was actually served. So there's also a little contention there, a little beef, if you will. The Union Town mm-hmm. wants wanted the Big Mac Museum there, but the fo- gotcha. folks at McDonald's were like, "Hey, Irwin's got this big off ramp from the interstate. It's right beside it. People can hop off, mm-hmm. see the Big Mac. That's why we put it there." No, that was their response. Anyways, <laughs> shout out. The movie is called The Founder. That's it. The Founder. Yes. Yeah, yep. you realize yep. he wasn't that nice of a dude. Nope. But I mean, no. Michael Keaton nice, plays him really well. Man. Plays him really well. Um, right. Shout out to everybody that listens. Thank you guys. Couldn't do it without you. Getting the motivation when I see those listens gives me the motivation. That's right. Uh, oh yeah. Okay, Dave. I've got a couple leftover stories. Um, first, let's see here. First, this this this. This initially, this story got me really excited, and then it really lost its excitement. So, the headline was really eye-catching. The headline was, Japanese company's flying car takes successful test flight. Wait, what? 
Oh, yeah. that is nice. Yeah, that'll draw you in, right? So, mm-hmm. it's a company called SkyDrive, Inc. And the model of car is called the SD03. And you look at the picture, and I mean, this looks like pretty much a straight-up George Jetson ride. Like, Sweet. It, mm-hmm. it looks mm-hmm. like an oversized drone that can carry a person. Mm-hmm. And apparently, it's rechargeable like like a drone. Like, you know, you electrically charge it. And I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. So I'm getting all excited about my sweet flying ride. And then I read the article, and I start looking at it, and the test flight was for four minutes. Hmm. I mean, four minutes, you could go pretty far. Yeah, depending on how fast you're going. If you're going like 10 miles, you're not going to get very far in four minutes. 10 miles per right. hour, not going to move very fast. And then the even more right. downer about it was, for the four minutes, uh, the, the car just literally hovered over the ground. Like, oh, come on! Oh, yeah, that's not, that's nothing. Yeah, I, I could have thrown a football further than they flew the car. And like, I was, <laughs> I was looking for, like, a flight from, like, Jacksonville to Orlando, you know? I was like, oh, man, it's going to be awesome. Right, right. And, but they, the company said... The, the car is capable, they believe right now, of flying for 10 minutes. Say what? And they're looking to jack it up to 30 minutes. And uh, nice. they said they're going to try to start selling them commercially by 2023. And I was like... Well, you know... Uh, well, I started... Maybe not by your lifetime, but by my <laughs> lifetime. Hey, Definitely. Whoa! <laughs> come on! <laughs> I started thinking, I was like, I mean, if you live like, you know, five miles from your job, that'd be a pretty yeah. sweet ride for your job, and you could charge it up while you're there. But then I started exactly. thinking about Instead it. Tesla stations, they have the hover car stations, you know. Well, I started, I started worrying, though, too. You got a lot of hazards, you know? Yes! Like power lines, like birds... Think if a bird totally. flew into one of those propellers, you're done, man. Oh, you're donezo. Well, I'm thinking like you know the Jetsons and like you have to have some sort of like air jet highway propulsion and, and road yeah. system and systems. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you can't just fly above the regular road. Yeah. Nope. Right. Yeah, that's not gonna work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing with this. You don't want to get too high up there because good lord. You fall out of the sky. You got no like ejection system. You got nothing going. That's not going to end Dead well. Tone. Yeah. No. Anyways, Dave, this next story I think is my favorite of of today. I saved it for this one. Really love it. There you go. So it's a naked story. Um, yes. And this one involves Taco Bell, so it's even better. Sweet. Ah, perfect. Yes. Yes. Naked and Taco Bell go together. Exactly. You know. So, Oklahoma City, this past Saturday, uh, past Saturday night, around uh, 9 p.m., Chris Sell, he cruises up to the drive-thru to make his order. And he made his order, and he drives up to the window. When he got to the window to pay for his food, it was obvious to everyone working at the Taco Bell, he was completely naked. Mm. All right. And... Clothing option. And I'll also add this for the listeners. Chris is 61 years old. Yeah, Chris. <laughs> let it hang, brother. <laughs> there there aren't too many 61-year-old bodies that need to be displayed legally or illegally in public. Well, and and a guy that probably frequents Taco Bell. Even worse. Even worse. <laughs> Regardless... 
the professionals at T-Bell that I respect always still took his money. They were like, all right, there you go. Here's your food. And Chris was like, oh, you know what? Um, Can I get some extra sauce, please? <laughs> let me get a taco. Let me get another taco. And they're like, ah, all right. So, they're like, dude, you're the person believe. that ordered the person that got his taco was like I don't want to give it to him can somebody else give it to him so another person gives him the taco and when they give him the taco mm -hmm. he's like you know what can I get some extra sauce I need some sauce he's just asking for attention at this point so, so they gave him the sauce and he was like you know what I need some extra napkins because of all the sauce if you can give me some napkins That'd be cool. Mm -hmm. So they gave him the yeah. napkins. Finally, he did leave, right? And they were like, oh, thank mm -hmm. God. Oh, Jesus. Then like 10 minutes he later, he comes back oh, around. I knew it. And he's <laughs> like, hey, you know what? I'm going to need some more sauce. Girl, come on. Could you give me some more sauce? It was at this time that the workers were like, all right, we got to call the police on this dude. So they called the police on this dude. And uh, the police called up with Chris. And he had a simple answer for him when they asked him, Sir, why are you naked going through Taco Bell drive-thru? He said, well, I was hungry and uh, I wanted some T-Bell and uh, all my clothes are in the washer. Hmm. So. Wow. Yeah. He either has a abnormously large washer <laughs> or no clothes. Well... This is one of those really, I mean, I'm sure that cops in these situations really lose the zest for these humorous things. But, like, if I was one of the cops, I would really want to be like, oh, yeah? Let's head back to your place. Can we head back to your place? I want to check out the, the clothes in your washer. I want to see. Because I feel like Chris would really have something great to follow that up with. Like, oh, yeah. There oh, would yeah. be something great that he would say after that. Anyways. Sorry, Chris. Remember underpants next time you go to T-Bell. Just maybe a pair, or a towel, pair of boxers, and a T-shirt. Just that, you know. That'd be enough. Just that. Just saying. Nobody wants to see the sixty-one-year-old. Anyways. Or just go to a different talk. <laughs> Dave, now you're just encouraging <laughs> him to get arrested again. Come on, now. Yes. Um. Okay. Second birthday suit. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, this one really big in in movies. And I and I'm pretty sure you've seen at least at least two of these movies. I know. Okay. Okay. So I gave you 89%. All right. Fair enough. Our birthday suit wearer was born on September 2nd, 1964 in Beirut, Lebanon. Don't let that throw you. He's not Lebanese. Lebanon. He's, he's not. Well, if he was born there. He was born there. Technically. Right. Technically Lebanese. He's national. <laughs> he's nationalized, though. Can Canadian, actually. He moved to Canada uh, when he was three. Uh, that's where our birthday suit wearer started to become interested in acting. Sweet. Spent most uh, of his time at his grandmother's house, who also lived in Toronto. And at the age of 20, he decided to move to Los Angeles. Played in several small shows and commercials. Then, by the end of the 80s, he was picked to play in several movies, such as The Night Before, The Prince of Pennsylvania, and Permanent Record. 
I don't expect you to know those. But in nineteen say I don't know the, <laughs> any of those. <laughs> but in nineteen eighty nine he starred in the movie Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Say what? In nineteen ninety one they had the sequel, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Then in nineteen ninety one he also starred in Point Break with Patrick Swayze. Yes! In 1999, he starred in his biggest role to date, The Matrix. He also starred in The Matrix Reloaded and The Matrix Revolutions. In 2014, he starred in the action thriller, John Wick. In 2017, John Wick Chapter 2. Then in 2019, John Wick Chapter 3. And his most recent film just released, August 28th, Bill and Ted Face the music. Name that birthday suit where? That would be Keanu Reeves. Mm. Yes, you are correct. I knew. Did you say he was born in 64? 64. Dude, that threw me off hard. Mm? It looks good for it looks good for 56, man. Looks good. Wow, 56. Holy You see him somewhere he hasn't uh, you know, been spruced up, you know? Haven't uh, mm-hmm. maybe gave him those uh, age-reducing moisturizers that day. What? A little bit of gray in yeah. the beard. You see it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he, okay. he looks great for his age. He looks great for his age. Definitely. You know? And uh, Definitely. best part of his career, really, the last part, I mean, commercially-wise, I mean, Matrix series, yeah. John Wick. John Wick's and Matrix have been fantastic series. Now, I mean, my favorite of Keanu's is Point Break. Yes! I love Point Break. It's an awesome movie. There's a lot of things that don't make any sense about it, but that's perfect for the time period of 1991 where you could make a movie with just awesome scenery and awesome one-liners, and everybody was like, you know what? That was a dope movie. That was nice. (laughs) And I agree. It is. It's great. He's an undercover. He's an undercover law enforcement guy that infiltrates a gang that loves to surf. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to add that to the list. It's pretty dope. You need to check it out. You need to check it out. But for now, on the list, we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back with Brendan Love of the Teskey Brothers right here on the Doc G Show all the way from Melbourne, Australia. The Doc G Show. Because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are joined by a wonderful musician and bassist for the fantastic group, the Teskey Brothers, Mr. Brandon Love. Brandon, how are you, sir? I'm going good. Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, man. So uh, first off, I think I need to give you a a happy belated birthday. Turn 33. Oh, Oh, thank you. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Yes, 33. Yeah, how'd it go? Um, well, I mean, it was all right. I mean, we're in lockdown at the moment, so it was a, you know, it was a quiet birthday, but kind of, it was still nice. Yeah. I saw, I saw you do an interesting, you do a self-portrait 
every year for your birthday, which is pretty cool. What gave you that idea? Um, yeah, uh, I'm not sure. I mean, it seems, it seems a little narcissistic in a way, but I, uh, I don't know. I, a couple of years ago, uh, oh, well, a few now, probably 15 years ago, I just I wanted to learn how to draw. Yeah. So I just decided to do it every single day until I could get good at it. And then, um, yeah, it just sort of became a bit of a tradition. I just started doing a self-portrait on my birthday and it just, after a couple of years, I found it interesting to see how that would change. Yeah. Because I never really, I never really think about it. I just do it on the morning. Very cool. And, uh, yeah, it's cool to look back on and it's kind of, you know. For sure. For sure. More interesting than a photo. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you, you mentioned it. You guys are in, in lockdown still. Did you, did you, get out of lockdown and then they then they brought back the lockdown or have you guys basically been on the whole time since the pandemic started um yeah no so we've we sort of went into stage three Mm -hmm. lockdown and then we came out of it for a week or two but Mm -hmm. then we had had a rise in cases Mm. and um it just kind of took off Mm. uh unexpectedly and so now we're in stage four and i think we'll be in it until Sort of halfway through September, and then, um, yeah, I guess we'll, you know, we'll we'll figure out where we are at that point. For sure, for sure. Well, the bonus of that, it seems like you got to spend more time with your dog, yes! which you seem to be a big fan, <laughs> big fan of your uh, your dog. Uh, h- how's that been so far? Uh, well, I mean, she's loving it. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean it's good. You know, like I, I'm pretty lucky to be, um, yeah, like we're in a really nice part of. Uh, Victoria, so it's yeah. not the worst place in the world to be in lockdown. So for sure, me and my dog Clarice get to go for a walk every morning and and hang out. But yeah, nice. I mean, she's loving not having me go away on tour. <laughs> <laughs> well, you uh, be- besides hanging out with your dog, you you guys have actually got a, a good amount done as a band during you know this this lockdown time. Uh, one of the things that you do sort of on your own is you host uh, Instagram Live. Not so late show there, um, which actually you started before, right before the lockdown. How have you? Uh, how have you enjoyed doing that? Um, yeah, well, it was just. Uh, I mean, it started off as just a bit of a, you know, silly thing I did on tour. Yeah, because um, whenever we go on tour, you know, our team's sort of always asking us for a bit more content. You know, yeah, like for things sure. to post on the road, and mm-hmm. and you always end up being so busy that. You know, you just forget to do it. So then I, I came up with this idea of just doing like a silly mock late show. Yeah. And I would just inter- interview people in the band while we're on tour. Mm-hmm. It's just, just a way to sort of check in and, and people can sort of see where we are and what we're up to. And But then when I got home, I enjoyed doing it so much. And then I thought it'd be cool to start interviewing, you know, some of my friends who are musicians as well. And yeah, it sort, it sort of just became a weekly thing. So. Um, and then, yeah, of course, lockdown happened and it sort of became the perfect thing to, you know, to sort of do because it meant we, I could connect with musicians anywhere in the world and just do it on Instagram Live. So, yeah. Yeah, it's been a fun little fun little thing to do and something different for me uh, other than music. And it's also been really cool to learn from other musicians and sort of hear their stories. So For yeah. sure. I, I I found I just found it ironic. Like you jumped on the the craze sort of accidentally before everybody else did because they had no other option. Like you were already <laughs> doing it, and then they're like, "Oh, we got to do something." Because like that's I constantly since the pandemic started. I mean, you just see it one after another. Instagram live, somebody's posting live, somebody's posting live, and 
you were already there. You had the you had the first place spot, man. <laughs> oh well, yeah. There's really two. There's really two pandemics going on. There was, you know, the the uh, the COVID nineteen, and also the uh, musician and artists and performers yeah. who don't know what to do with themselves. So they start a uh, some sort of streaming or podcast platform. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Well, speaking of the the late shows, there, you guys actually got to you on a little show. Known by a few people, known as the Late Show with Stephen Colbert, which was what absolutely awesome. You guys recorded a video for that, and uh, I gotta ask, did you make him promise to have you guys on the show when he actually has live guests again? Were you like, I mean, this is cool that we get to do a video, but when can we come to the studio and actually perform for you guys? Yeah, well, I, yeah, it's certainly uh, certainly on my bucket list getting into that studio. I mean, yeah. so much history on that show, particularly. I mean, yeah. Letterman's uh, a real hero of mine. Oh, yeah. And I love love Colbert as well, obviously. But, um, I mean, it was really fun to, to, to shoot that around all of our homes and edit it together. And it was kind of a strange feeling to think that this little video we all shot in our backyards was being broadcast in North America to yeah. you know, millions of people. So yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. As soon as everything gets back to normal, I yeah, I'd love to get in the studio. It de- it definitely came out cool though. The video, you guys switching instruments and everything. It was it was a it was a fun fun video for sure. Yeah, well, we sort of can't like we had the idea. I mean, we recorded the song, and originally it was just us playing, you know, our, our parts. But then we kind of thought, well, we got the opportunity to sort of do something a little bit more fun. Yeah. Um, you know, so why not just kind of play around with it a bit? And, yeah, I think it's a fun video. And I just think people at the moment, like, you know, anything to sort of put a smile on someone's face is, is pretty valuable. For sure. As far as something you can put into the world. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's let's hop into the band. Uh, I've got to tell the listeners if they want to deep dive into your band, there is a fantastic six-part series uh, on the 180 Gram podcast, and just it just goes into everything you guys recording, tensions, all kinds of different changes, and just it, it's it's a great uh, just great deep dive. Like I said. How long did you guys take working on that, like interviewing and everything for that podcast? Um, it took a while. I mean, it was, it's not like we were working on it, you know, consistently for six months, but yeah. <laughs> I, I guess all up it was probably six months, but yeah. it was just because, you know, we'd sort of do one interview and then, you know, the producers and editors would go back and start working on it and then go, oh, hang on. <laughs> we need to find out more about this story. And so, yeah, you know, they'd come back and we'd do more interviews. And the more we did it, the more stories started coming out. And yeah, so all up, I think it was, yeah, the project started around, I think, September 2019. Yeah. That was when the sort of the first idea came. And then, um, yeah, it was almost a year actually from the sort of inception to when it came out. Man. So, yeah, but there's a lot of, uh, I mean, I think there's like 35 people interviewed all up. <laughs> so there's a lot of uh, a lot of hours of, of For sure. audio to sort yeah. of sift through. Yeah, I mean, when, when, when I came across it, I was like, man, I... Uh I, I, I've got some some content to review for to get to know the band, and if anybody out there that wants to get to know the band, that's the best place to do it. I think right there is uh, you'll you'll get the you'll get the whole history there. Yes. Well, you guys you guys grew up in in Warrandyte, 
which is right outside of Melbourne, uh, and that's where you live now. G- give us Floridians here a little info on what Warren Dyke's like. Um, funny. <laughs> Before I get into that, I just got a quick funny story. I yeah. Was, uh, I was traveling, it was touring North America and mm-hmm. I was getting on a flight, I think in Texas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I just said, oh, g'day, how you going? And gave him my boarding pass. And mm-hmm. the, the lovely um, lady said, oh, I love your accent. Where are you from? And I said, Australia. <laughs> she misheard, must have misheard me. And she goes, oh, Florida, beautiful. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, no, all, all Floridians talk like That's, me. Yeah. Yeah, we all we've all got that same accent, man. I don't I don't know how she could have misheard Australia for Florida, but all yeah, right, yeah, yeah. all right. Yeah, no, that's, that, it's uh, yeah, that's how you all talk down there. Um, <laughs> I wish we did. I would be much more happy with my with my uh, with my uh, show here if I could talk like you. Be a lot cooler. Uh, no one would understand you though. That's the trouble. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. The the worst is the worst is the Irish, the really thick Irish accent. I can't. I, I I try so hard whenever I have a guest that is really thick Irish accent, and I just and I feel so bad. But I'm like, I didn't I didn't catch that. What did, uh, <laughs> what, what did you say? And like, I have to. And eventually, after like five times of being like, I didn't catch that. I'm just gonna. I'm just like, uh huh. Yeah. I hope I hope <laughs> I hope I'm not agreeing with something that's bad here. Like, yours is no problem to understand. No problem. <laughs> we're, we're golden there. Yeah. Um, but back to your question. So Warrandyte, yeah, it's like a it's like a little sort of country-ish town just mm-hmm. on the outskirts of Melbourne. But it's not – I mean, Victoria and Melbourne is quite a small place anyway. So it's – I think when I've told people the sort of geography of it in the past, they've assumed that it's like hours out of the city. Yeah. Um, but it's only like 40 minutes out of the actual CBD. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like a nice little small town with a big river, lots mm-hmm. of trees, lots of national parks. It's mm-hmm. very sort of lush and and a pretty little small town. And yeah, we all grew up here, and it's a big part of our story. I guess it's where we all met and where yeah. we all started playing gigs. For sure, for sure. Well, you you started playing music uh, really early. You know, I I heard you say in one interview you wrote a song for your dad when you were six. And, uh, yeah. and I was yeah. like, what? Six? That's crazy. Like, do you still remember that song? Yeah, it was for my uncle. Oh, your uncle. Oh, I got it yeah. wrong. Oh, I, not- yeah, I, I do remember the song. Yeah, yeah. it was, um, he, uh, he was a mechanic and he had an accident. A car fell off a lift and he broke his legs. And so he was in hospital Ooh. and then me and my brother thought we'd uh, record a song to kind of cheer him up a bit so Very nice. we we uh, wrote a little song and recorded it on this cassette and went and played it to him in the hospital and yeah, did it I cheer think him found up it funny well i think so i mean it was <laughs> i mean the chorus <laughs> the chorus of the song was basically uh, just think yourself lucky it wasn't a mac truck <laughs> so yeah, you know, man. I was about to say bringing bringing out the jokes when you were six. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty early, I guess, for playing music. I think my first gig I was nine, so man, a little later than the songwriting. That's crazy, though. That that's that's. Yes! I mean, real early for me, at least. I didn't get into music until. I was in middle school, and then I, I, I sucked at yes! it. So, <laughs> I guess. Well, I did too. That's why I started playing bass. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can get you can get away with it when you play bass. 
<laughs> well, so when people compare your guys' music here in the States, they usually compare it to Motown and Stax. That's what you hear the most is, is Motown music and Stax and a lot of the soul stuff. Uh, which, no doubt, obviously, you guys uh, have a ton of influence from that. But I've, I've heard you guys talk about, like, local blues and soul scene in Melbourne. Uh, was that what you guys first got into, and then it sort of led you back to Motown and Stax? Or or was it... Yeah. Yeah? What, what yeah, were some exactly, of those artists there from from yeah, Melbourne? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, so it's a, it's a bit of an interesting sort of backtrack that we had um, so Melbourne has an amazing music scene, mm-hmm. particularly a blues, blues and soul scene. Yeah. And so where we grew up, um, there's plenty of gigs and music around and there's a famous pub up the road from us called the St. Andrews pub where we used to, if we were allowed in, we there was music there every Saturday and Sunday. So we would go and watch and there was artists like Jeff Atchison and Chris Wilson and Nicky Bomber and, mm. and all of these sort of, I guess, older people on the music scene like yeah. when we were when we were young doing it these are the people that we would look up to and go and get inspired by yeah and so they would be playing you know these covers of bb king and freddie king and otis redding and and all of this music yeah and so our first introduction to it was these versions of it we didn't actually know that you know it was they were covers yeah and so yeah, I guess that's what led us back to then go, oh, wait, these are covers. And then we'd sort of go and look up the original artists and then sort of discover the history that way. Yeah. So yeah. it's sort of a, an interesting way that we got introduced to this music, I suppose. Yeah, it's the same. It, it reminds me of the same thing when I was a, a, a kid and started listening to to rap music at the same time you were, you know, you were growing up when I was listening to Dr. Dre and Ice Cube. And I'd listen to an Ice Cube song and I'd be like, what what song? This 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 music back here is awesome. And then my dad would walk in. and He's like, "That's an Isley Brothers song." And I'd be like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, and yeah. then then you go back and you find that, and you're just like, "Man!" And you, it's 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 always it's very exciting to go back and backtrack and find those original artists for sure. Um, yeah. Were you were you interested in the modern songs at that time, or was it always just that old sound that intrigued you? Were you into like you know Silverchair and and Alice in Chains and that kind of stuff when you were six and writing those songs or no? Uh, yeah, like totally. I mean, obviously people hear our music and you know you can sort of hear the immediate influences of yeah that Stax and Motown era. Yeah, sort of soul music, but yeah, I mean, of course we grew up listening to all kinds of music, so. I mean, there was plenty of contemporary artists that were inspiring us too. Yeah. Yeah, like, as you mentioned, Silverchair and Red Chili Peppers and Rage Against the Machine. And, yeah. you know, I even, you know, some of the first bands I played in were playing, you know, Rage Against the Machine and Pearl Jam covers. So, nice. Um, nice. Yeah, I mean, there's heaps of stuff. And it's funny what you said about the, the hip-hop stuff too because I had the exact same experience. Yeah. Listening to Ice Cube and then going, hang on, what's this One yeah. Nation Under the Groove song? Yeah. And, and, then, you know, and, and going back and finding all these great samples. Yeah. Um, that, it's a really that, interesting way to get introduced to you know some older, really great soul music as well. Bop Gun, man. That, that, <laughs> yeah. was, that was a groove. And then I, found, then I found George Clinton, and I was just like, this guy, this guy can jam. I love this yeah. dude. That's right. Uh, 
that's how I discovered Curtis Mayfield was, yeah. um, you know, just listening to hip-hop samples. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. They definitely, a lot of the hip-hop stuff goes back into soul, uh, probably more than anybody, really. Um, yeah. But uh, I noticed, interestingly, in, a re- in an interview, they ask you who you'd want to most collaborate with, and, you know, sort of on that modern influences. I know you said in that interview, Tom York uh, of Radiohead, which, uh, you know, I found I found interesting, obviously, with what everybody categorizes you at. What what made you say Tom York? What do you like about Tom York so much? Um, well, I mean, I've just I've I've always just been a fan of Radiohead. I love For sure. It was one of my favorite bands. Me and Liam, the drummer, actually, we both yeah. all through high school, we used to just nerd out on Radiohead. <laughs> and um and I just I just love any band that sort of that just pushes themselves and yeah. you know, the next album is always something different and they're always sort of striving for something. Um yeah. you know, even if you don't like the band, I think you can respect an artist like that that's just constantly trying to evolve and create something new. Definitely. Um and so yeah, I mean he like to collaborate with someone with a mind like that, I think would just be an amazing experience. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, do you got? Do you remember? Uh, obviously, it's been uh, what fourteen years, fifteen years, something like that, since you guys first started playing together. Do you remember the first song that you guys actually got together and played as a group? Um, oh. I mean, there's so many different iterations of this band early on. Yeah, I remember. I remember one of the first times we had a jam together. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was around at Josh's house, which was next door to me. Yeah, and he lived in this little bungalow thing down the back of his parents' place, and mm-hmm. there was all instruments set up. And I think at that point, I was playing drums in the band. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of the first things we jammed on was a song called "Teeny Weeny." <laughs> Uh, teeny weeny bit, uh-huh. and it was just like a blues and e kind of riff. Um, yeah, I think I can't. I think it's Steve Winwood, maybe, or I don't actually know who originally done it. But yeah, it was just like this blues sort of shuffle groove in e. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like, yeah, it was basically the first time we all sort of started making loud noise together. <laughs> um, nice. But yeah, I mean, there was there was plenty of um, now you know, some of the first, like when did you get kicked off of drums? Um, Probably around the time better drummers came along, so <laughs> you know, I, you know, I have to admit Liam is a much, much better drummer than me. Um, actually, me and Liam started a band together as well, sort of before we joined forces with the Teskies. So nice. it was Liam on drums and me on guitar and vocals. So you've been and, a you've been a rhythm section for a long time, then you two. Yeah, yeah. Me and Liam have been playing for. Yeah, like longer than we've been playing in the Teskey Brothers together. Yeah, and nice. um so we, we used to have competing bands. So Man. Josh and Sam used to have their band and me and Liam had our band and we used to compete against each other in, in sort of battle of the bands when we were younger. Very cool. And Josh and Sam kept winning the <laughs> you know, the bunch of jerks and so we just thought you know what if you can't beat them join, join them. them yeah <laughs> nice so, that, yeah that's a good idea that's a good idea <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah, i think it, i think it worked well <laughs> <laughs> well so you guys played for a really you know a, considerably a really long time i mean when you look a, a, at a lot of bands now it's sort of like one of the first things they want to do is record an album you know it's like they want to record an album before they've even written a song 
Um, and and you guys, you know, played almost a, a good decade before you even started recording your your first album. Uh, what made you make that turn and that decision to make that first album? Um, well, I guess we sort of, I mean, it just takes so long to get good, you know, yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the honest answer. And I mean, not to, you know, not to be negative about any, any other recording artists. Yeah. But yeah. I, I do think sometimes people do rush into recording stuff and mm-hmm. yeah, they're just not. I guess the way that we record, it really requires you to be able to play your instruments live. Yeah. Um, And I guess with technology these days, there are ways around that as far as, you know, uh, you you don't necessarily need to be that together to create something good in the studio. So Exactly. um, Yeah, I don't know. Like we... We were just a working band. Like it was most jobs had I'm sorry, most kids had like, you know, summer jobs and delivered newspapers and yeah. and all that sort of thing. We played music on the weekends and busked and that was our you know, that was our income. That was what we sort of survived off. So nice. for ten years it was yeah, I mean we were making sort of we weren't making great money, but you know, <laughs> we were a professional band and so Yeah. We were just surviving off gigs and it never really occurred to us to release an album until you know, people just Kept started asking. coming up. Yeah. yeah, they would come up at gigs and go, "Oh, have, you know, have you got a CD?" And and then we'd go, "That's a great idea." <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, we could sell that at gigs. And has anybody ever it. thought of this before? We should yeah, do that. Like, we, we, we could make some extra pocket money with this, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I think it worked out well because it's like, I mean, again, not to be negative, you but got to sometimes it. Yeah, and sometimes I just think like, well, you know, who cares what a seventeen-year-old's got to say? <laughs> you know, yeah. like I think we just were, you know, we wouldn't have been mature enough to release a body of work that was, um, you know, something we'd be proud of and something that could, you know, hopefully exist for a long time. For sure. Well, yeah, I mean, one of the, and you sort of referenced it there, but one of the things that I was blown away uh, once I actually started looking at the album and and listening to it but when i first heard some songs from from half mile harvest uh and i I looked it up i couldn't believe that you guys recorded it all analog i mean all old school two inch tape which is is crazy because i mean you know like like we were just saying now when you think of home recording you think of pro tools or garage band and a couple of usb mics uh, when you guys decided to record that album, was there any other, you know, discussion of like, yeah, maybe we could do it this way, or was it always we're going to do it analog, we're going to do it this way? Yeah, no, it was wasn't even in consideration to do it any other way. Um, we, I mean, we all love that style of music from the '60s and '70s, and that's yeah. how that was recorded. So, yeah, it wasn't even. We didn't even think, we just went, well, that's how they did it. And yeah. another thing that we were really, something we were really conscious of that we wanted to achieve was we just really wanted to capture the sound of this band as it is live. Yeah. Because so many people were coming up and asking for CDs, you know, and we didn't have any. Mm-hmm. And so we just wanted something that, I guess, really represented sort of what people were hearing when we played live. and. Um, you know, tape is a great way to sort of capture that that essence and that For sure. sort of in the in the moment sound. You know, you can't fake it on tape. There's just there's yeah. no way. Well, there's and there's I mean, too many screw ups, too many cutting tapes. That's that gets way too difficult. You just gotta go go through it in one take, man. Uh, 
Now, I find it funny, though, with that, as far as recording analog like that, you got all these listeners now, like myself, around the world that stream in your stuff digitally. Like, when you first get a, started getting traction around the world and in the States and in Europe and everywhere else, was it was it sort of a surprise to you guys, sort of surreal, that you were like, really, us, the analog guys that busk on the weekends? Like, was that a weird feeling for you guys? Oh, 100%. And it's, yeah, it's, it's like the ultimate irony as well because yeah. we spent so much time recording this thing analog with no computers. And, yeah. and to be completely honest with you, it was... It was a huge pain in the butt to do it all analog. Yeah, like, no doubt. It's it's such an annoying process. I mean, the sound is great and the result is yeah. amazing, but it's so annoying. Yeah. And so it's so funny to think that, yeah, we spent so much time recording it this way and we literally just thought it would be something that we would sell it, you know, we'd sell a couple of copies at gigs and maybe sell a few copies busking. Yeah. And then, yeah, I guess it sort of started traveling around and, such a bizarre feeling to think about somebody in you know Europe yeah. listening to this on an iPod or something you yeah. know, that was recorded to tape. So um, yeah, it, it is funny, but that's the age we live in as well. For and, sure, um, streaming, digital streaming is is like the biggest part of our story as far as getting our music, yeah. you know, across the pond because Australia is, I guess, notorious for being somewhat difficult to break out of. Yeah. Um, and yeah, streaming services played a huge part in that for us. Yeah, you guys are on all kinds of uh, Spotify playlists, and I mean, you're 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 right on the cusp there of a million monthly listeners. And uh, man, yeah, it's a it's a it's a around the world affair when you guys look at your 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 top where people listen to you from. I mean, you got Netherlands on there, and you got New Zealand places in America. It's very, very cool to look at, for sure. I bet it's even cooler when you're actually part of the band, unlike me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, it's cool either way. I mean, yeah, it's... uh, There's nothing more strange and, I guess, validating than going to a country that, you know, English isn't the first language, and people are singing along to your songs. Yeah. It's... um, it's very bizarre for a small band from a small town, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of fans that that are uh, a little bit closer to your hometown, Thor is a big fan of yours. Wait, what? That's <laughs> yeah. That's that's pretty cool. Do, how did you guys find out that Chris Hemsworth was a fan of your band? I can't exactly remember. I think someone. I think he did an interview at some point, and he they just asked him, "Oh, you know, like what music are you listening yeah. to at the moment?" And he mentioned us, and then Man. I think somebody in his camp or in the production of that video messaged us and said, oh, Chris just mentioned you guys. Would you mind if we used one of your songs in the video? Oh, and, man. you know, and we were like, yes, yes, <laughs> use, use that song. <laughs> use and, whatever um, you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, he can join the band if he wants, you know? <laughs> That'd be a good addition. I don't know what he'd yeah, play, yeah. but he can make hey. tambourine. I don't know. Yeah, he could he could just play the biceps. I think people would pay <laughs> to just watch that. He could just flex on the side. And so Yeah, yeah. That reminds me I was uh, uh who was it? It was one of the Marley brothers, Damian Marley. I saw a concert of Damian Marley's one time uh, and and there was a dude that came out on stage with him that just waved the Jamaican flag the whole time. 
for like literally a three hour concert, this giant flag. And like, he was just like sweating and his arms were just like completely like locked up, I think from it. And I was just like, man, he had to have worked out for years to be able to do that. It's crazy. You could get him to do that with an Australian flag. That's what you could have him do. He could be oh, yeah. the flag bearer. That's what he could be. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of just, like, great things that have happened to you guys, last year you uh, you played Red Rocks, too, which, you know, Sweet. is a huge venue uh, here in the States, amazing venue. How was it playing that venue? Yeah, I mean, that was, uh, I mean, talk about sort of dream come true, bucket list kind of experiences. Yeah. That was, that's, I mean, that's a venue I've grown up watching live DVDs and concerts of. Yeah. And just going, man, what a what an amazing looking space. For sure. Um, and we, a couple of years ago, we were on a North American tour and we didn't play at Red Rocks, but mm. they had a... They had a cinema night where they were playing a movie, mm-hmm. and we had and we had a night off. And so I've always wanted to see the theater, so we went and watched the the Big Lebowski at Red Rocks, and it was a re- <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> it was re- it was really cool. People were dressed up like the dude and had the robes, and everyone was drinking white Russians. And nice. It was it was big fun, but I just remember being there and just being like, wow, there's you know, there's certain spaces you get in where it's just you can just feel the history that's been there. Yeah, and um, yeah. So when that came up. It, again, it was like the Hemsworth thing. It was just like, book it. <laughs> I don't care. Book it. You know? <laughs> oh, but it's on your birthday. Book it. <laughs> you know. Like. And it, it just looks, I, I got to imagine from the stage, because it's one of those things because you're so, you're down there and you've got all these giant sort of, you know, rock formations behind the stage. It's got to be so impressive when you walk out on the stage at Red Rock. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, it's. Yeah, they've got the massive rocks either side of the amphitheater and they've got these big lights that project up onto them. And Yeah. I mean, it's in Colorado and so, you, you know, you've got all the stars coming out. It's yeah. such a such a scene. I've actually, on my wall right now, I'm looking at it from that tour. Nice. Um, there was a picture taken um, from backstage looking outwards up at the audience yeah. and those big rocks. And yeah. so I've got a huge print of that on my wall. Oh, that's a good reminder. That's a very cool reminder. <laughs> Get to yeah. look at it every day and remind yourself how awesome that was. That's, uh, yeah, it's uh, I love that picture. Well, speaking of touring in the U.S. Uh, particularly, I noticed you guys had the, uh, you rescheduled the Feet on the Ground tour for 2021. And uh, I noticed there was, there was no Florida date. Uh, can can we talk to somebody that you can pencil yourself <laughs> in to Nashville and Brooklyn? Just fly down to Florida real quick and then back up. I mean, it's your hometown. It's where you're from. Yeah, it's where your yeah, accent gonna, came from. Come on. Yeah, I was gonna say that's you know we're born and bred uh, yeah. in Melbourne, Florida. It's <laughs> funny actually. I've actually I've had a, quite a few friends that have booked flights from Melbourne mm-hmm. to Los Angeles and gone. Man, these flights are so cheap. And I'm like. Have, did you double did you check? check it wasn't Melbourne, Florida? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so it is funny that, uh, you know, there's a... We know, got a Melbourne. Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah. We got right. one. So there's I, no excuse for us. We have, You know, we'll have to come and play in Melbourne, Florida. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I've, I've, been wanting to, I've been wanting to visit Florida for... It's the one state I haven't visited in North America. And I, yeah, we like... 
we've played in uh, like we've played in New York and Boston and stuff, and we had people from Florida fly up to those shows. Wow! And I was like, you you came all this way to see us, so yeah, uh, yeah, I I I want to get there. I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I feel like we're a little bit of like the we are a little bit of the Australia of America. So true. Like I feel like we get sort of the same jokes poked at us in the in the news. Sort of like yeah, the, yeah. you know the the killer animals, the crazy folks around. Like I feel like we get some of the same things. So you know, again, <laughs> it is. It's it's your hometown. You got to come back. Yeah. Is it? And is it? Is it? Uh, I mean, is it true that also that it's known as America's Wang? Or is yes, that just- that's a fact. Yes, it is. <laughs> I actually had. It, it's funny because I'm not a. I'm not originally from Florida. I moved from another state. I moved from Virginia. And uh, yeah. and I was talking to one of my friends back from Virginia, and uh, I forget, I put in a text, I put something about how I was like, oh, and we're the penis of the United States. Wait, And what? she was like, what? <laughs> Who says that? I was like, everybody does. She's like, nobody says that. And so then I Googled it, and I sent her a screenshot of the Google, and it was like the first thing that came up was like, what is, what is Florida known for being the penis yeah, yeah. of the United States? And I was like, yeah, yeah. there you go. There it is. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah you got to you gotta come. It's good. It's a nice place yeah, to be. Sweet. You got crocodiles or, or alligators Both. over there. So it's, Both. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. Similar. There you go. Yeah, we, we, the, the crocodile is very, very small amount at the very bottom of Florida, but alligators okay. everywhere, everywhere in yeah, the state. Okay. Um, yeah. but yeah, so, uh, let's, let's, let's head back to your most recent, uh, uh, I guess live experience was the last album you guys had, uh, which was at the forum and you guys put this out as an album, uh, just a couple months ago in May, it went to the top of the Australian charts. Uh, and the, and the forum is definitely a special venue. I mean, you know, I was looking at it, Hugh Jacks, Madonna, Ozzy Osbourne, Tame Impala, all these big groups have came through there. Um, would you say that's the best venue in Melbourne? Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of one of the best venues. And as you say, it's one of those venues that just has such a rich history of music. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whenever we go to North America, you you know, there's you've got the hundreds of these, you know, like the Ryman and the Grand Old Opry, and yeah. Uh, the Greek Theater and yeah, Red Rocks and, and yeah, yeah, all of these amazing, amazing venues that you know have amazing live records mm-hmm. uh, recorded at. Like um, I was just listening to um, the Frank Zappa, yeah, recorded at the Roxy, yeah, and um, yeah. So I guess I mean you know the forums. It's probably not up there with uh, you know some of those amazing names, but. As far as Australian venues and Melbourne venues, it's definitely up there with yeah, uh, a really I guess famous music venue with a lot of history and nice. And for us to play there was just again another one of those moments where we all went, man. I remember being fourteen and seeing Powderfinger play here, and that yeah. just that just blew my mind. I'd never been in a crowd with so much people. Yeah, and. That- um, so yeah, to get the opportunity to play there, let alone record yeah. the concert there, was um, yeah another real dream for us. Awesome. Uh, now, did you go into it uh, uh, going into those dates? Did you know you were going to record for an album, or was that afterwards that you guys decided that? Um, it all just sort of it all just started evolving because we booked one show there, mm-hmm. and it sold out very quickly, and we went oh whoa and then the booker said oh let's add another one yeah 
And sure enough, that sold out. And nice. we kept doing that until we got to four of them. And then that sold out. And we sort of went, let's not push our luck here. Let's, <laughs> four is a good number. And yeah. then once we had that, there were four nights in a row. And we just sort of started going. That's crazy. We're, we're never really, you know, we might not get another chance to have four nights somewhere in a row. Yeah. This would be the perfect opportunity to record a live album. Yeah. Because it would give us four opportunities to sort of pick the best takes and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, it, yeah, it all sort of started coming together after we'd booked the shows. And and then once the talk about let's record it analog, um, once we started thinking about that, we were like, yeah, we have to do this. Like, it'd be such a cool, it'd be just such a cool thing to do. Like, And like I said before, like Frank Zappa's, I'm a huge fan of. And, you know, he used to drive around with two 24-track tape machines and record all of his live stuff to tape. Which just which had just to be such, such a pain in the insane, ass. Yeah. Oh man, like he would have had to have a whole crew just for the tape ops and stuff. So yeah, it's such a crazy thing, but yeah, I guess we just wanted to mark the occasion in a special way, and so for, for sure. us that meant recording it, but also yeah, like recording it to tape, which is just yeah, it's just not done these days. It's it, in it, a live sense. I I think you can tell the difference. To be honest, I mean, it sounds so clear. It sounds so good. It sounds, I mean, just such a a a, a good live experience relative to a lot of the live stuff I've heard recently. Um, came out fantastic. Now, you guys on the album, you covered, uh, or in the concert, I guess, uh, you covered John Lennon, uh, Jealous Guy. Now, is that a song that you guys do a lot, uh, just in, in concert all the time, or was that one that you guys pulled out special for the forum? That's one that we we sort of pulled out for the forum. I mean, nice. we've been playing around with it for a couple of years, but we, it never really uh, became a sort of staple of the set or anything. Yeah. But I guess with this live album, we just we're pretty aware that like you know a live album in 2020, it's sort of like what does what does that mean? What does that look like? And we just wanted to do something that was a little bit special and different, rather than just you know here's a concert recorded, put it out. And sure. so yeah, with the addition of the tape thing, and then going well, let's you know let's record, let's throw in a cover that we really love. And I mean that's something we've been doing for. As long as I can remember, every yeah. tour we do, I'll generally go. Let's do something fun. Let's do a different. You know, like, let's just mix it up. And yeah. so, yeah, over the years we've done, yeah, heaps of different covers. And sometimes, like, <laughs> sometimes we'll do things that people don't expect. Like <laughs> we used to do a um, a Candy Staten tune called Young Hearts mm. Um, mm. in, a, I guess, a soul version of that. And um, yeah, it just makes it fun and breaks it up and. It's something unexpected for the audience too, I think, because for sure, yeah. I guess I guess you would listen to us and go, you probably expect an artist rating cover or something. So yeah. when we bust bust out a bit of Madonna or something, people go, <laughs> "Wait, hang on, what?" So. <laughs> now, now, do you always sort of try to put the the Teskey Brothers spin on those covers? Um, I think we. I mean, it's inevitable that it's going to have our spin on it. I yeah. Think the, as soon as you get the four of us playing together, it just inevitably starts sounding like yeah. us. Um, and yeah, I mean, we never want to sort of copy it, a song verbatim, but we also try and be respectful enough to the right. arrangement and the original composer. Yeah. 
um, because, you know, that's what we obviously love about the songs. So nice. I think just by virtue of Josh's voice sort of being so yeah. strong and, and unique that it kind of, whatever he sings ends up sounding like us. That's definitely yeah. not going to come out sounding like Madonna. Yeah, no. He sings <laughs> yeah, <it>. that's right. <laughs> well, uh, now the live album's been out for about three months now. Uh, and obviously, like I said, it went up to to number one on the the Australian charts. How's the how's the response been so far, in your guys' opinion? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was such an uncertain time, I guess, because we had recorded this again before this whole pandemic, and yeah, then it, it was set to come out originally, I think, in March or April, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, obviously, everything sort of the way it started happening, we just we sort of weren't too sure what was appropriate and yeah. wanted to be respectful. And so yeah. we sort of pushed it back. And then, but I think we got to the point where we thought, well, you know, we're not going to be able to promote this album or tour it. Yeah. Which is, you know, it kind of sucks a bit. But I think what was more important is we all just agreed that, well, people are really yearning for new content yeah. and, and a live performance, I think, would, you know. Obviously, it's not the same as being there, but it's probably the closest thing that anyone can get right now. Give some so, people some nostalgia, yeah. Yeah, so it, it kind of felt like, yeah, it just felt like a really good time, I guess, to release something to yeah. sort of, yeah, to give people something to, to listen to and, and hopefully, you know, satiate their appetites until we can get back to the real thing. For sure. So, yeah, but I think it's been, um, yeah, it seems to be received really well, Definitely. which is awesome and yeah, I think people are kind of enjoying the the nostalgic sort of. Oh, yeah, that's what it's like to be at a live gig. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, well, last question: uh, What do you guys have uh, in store for the rest of twenty twenty? Uh, what are you planning on trying to to get accomplished before you can get out there on the road again? Yeah, it's a hard one. You know, the goalposts keep changing uh, every week. As, yeah, you know, we we get new information. So. Yeah. We were looking at trying to do shows later in the year, but I think at this point, the only thing that we can be certain on is that whilst we've got this time off, we've all agreed that it, it's just such a perfect time to write. Yeah. So the four of us, we all write and we've all got sort of, you know, little home studio setups. So yeah. we've been demoing and, um, yeah, so I guess for the rest of the year, we're really just focusing on being creative and, and seeing what we can come up with, and hopefully we come out of this time with you know something to show for it. Yeah, well, very nice, man. Very nice. That the live album came out fantastic. Uh, we are up against a break, but I, I want to thank you for taking the time to to come on and talk with us today, Brandon. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure to speak to a, a fellow Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> of course, man. Uh, listeners, you can check out everything Teskey Brothers at their website, theteskeybrothers.com, or you can follow them on Instagram at the Teskey Brothers, which is where you can also catch the Not So Late Show with Brendan uh, when when he comes back on. Right now, let's take a listen to Carry, uh, Carry You off the live at the Forum album right here on the Doc G Show. Stop 
Back here on the Doc G Show, the Teskey Brothers, all the way, all the way from Melbourne. Two brothers, two non-brothers. Yes, Brendan sir. being one of the non-brothers. I like that story of how they joined forces. They were bands yeah. battling against each other, and then they were like, hey, you know what? How about we just make a super group? Join forces. Yeah, just make a super group. And uh, as I said in the break, Dave, I wanted to apologize to the Irish listeners. We obviously have Irish listeners. They're not the worst 
It's it's just the accent is difficult to understand. I it's love the hardest to understand, not the worst sounding. That's yeah, I love the accent. Love it. I just feel like he an idiot. He wishes he could have it. Oh, I do. I do. That or Scottish. They're they're somewhat similar in some ways. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, it's just I love it. It's just I I I, I feel so bad because I can't get anything from them when I'm talking to an Irish person. I'm like, what? Huh? What? Bro, come on. Huh? And then I just have to agree. I mean, like, for uh, my uncle was from Scotland, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, half the time when he was talking, I would get nothing from a conversation. And I'd just be like, yeah, <laughs> totally. And he'd be like, what do you mean, totally? I didn't. And I'm just like, oh, God, back away quickly. Yeah, so anyways, have a good Christmas. I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah, bye, I love you. All right. You know, it was tough, man. So I'm just saying, yeah. hard to understand. But we love you, Irish folks. Thank you for listening. We do. Keep listening. And just ignore him. And we love the Teske brothers. Fantastic interview there Amen. with Brendan. Amen. Amen. Great guy. Great entertaining music. I can't wait to see him break the million listener mark on Spotify. Oh, hoo, hoo. Fantastic. Man, that'd be cool. Be a b- big mark for him. I'd be excited Definitely. if I was them. I'd be. And Thor loves their music. That's cool. Chris Hemsworth yeah. likes your music. That's pretty dope. You know. I mean, mm-hmm. so true. If a superhero likes, if like, if I found out that a superhero liked our show, if somebody told me Iron Man liked our show, Word. I'd be like, "Well, that's pretty dope." Robert Downey oh, yeah. Jr. likes our show. That's awesome. Now, if it was Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool, we've already talked about that dude. He's not giving out five thousand dollars for a bear, and he needs to step his game up. But if it's <laughs> Robert Downey Jr., I'd be excited about that. Anyways. Thanks to the Teske sure. Brothers. Fantastic Forum coming out. I'm very excited about their new projects coming out. Can't wait to hear new music. But, Dave, it's time. It's time for the newest edition. You know what it is. Shoe and tell, baby. Woo! Shoe and tell, my goodness. Part 14. Part 14. Say what? Now, Dave, I'll go ahead and let you know. I don't have too much info for this shoe, but I do love it. So, there I'll you help. go. Maybe I can help you out. There you go. Okay, you ready? Now, this is going to be a repeat of one of the one of the numbers that we've already had. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What I've got today, I've got the Jordan 4's Laser mm. Black and Gum Editions. Sweet. Ooh. Yes. Yes. The 30th anniversary Jordan 4 uh, Laser Black and Gum Editions. That's right. These came out in uh, 2019 to celebrate the 30th anniversary, of course, of the Jordan 4s. So true. And they did a laser edition. So it's got the little tattooed uh, designs all over mm-hmm, the black, mm-hmm. but it's also in black, yep. so you can't really see With the it. White midsole and then the uh, gum bottoms. Mm-hmm, okay. mm-hmm. You got the, the, the white to sort of outline it. And then you got the the gum bottom, and you got a little nice red Jordan emblem on the gum bottom, which is nice. Adds a little touch there. And then, of course, on the tongue, you've got the flight uh, underneath the Jordan symbol in red. That's also a nice mm-hmm. touch. Now, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll I'll be honest. I went online, uh, you know, just just looking up info about these, and I gotta say, yeah. people were so nitpicky. The shoe hawks on YouTube about these shoes 
My mm-hmm. God, there were some negative reviews about these things. And these, Dang. I'll tell you, Dave, These when I wear these shoes, they're probably, mm-hmm. I get the most compliments on these Jordans than any other Jordan. Really? I, I cons- guess probably because of the laser. Um, yeah. Is something different. And it's know? it's just the white and the gum bottom with the black. It's just all so neat and sort of retro-ish. It's nice. It's nice. Yeah. But like... Man, the 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 reviews on these like I wouldn't pay that much for them. Uh, the 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 lasers cheap on this. They didn't actually etch it in. It's just on there. Stupid. I don't like like. Just, yeah, because when you when you think of the Jordan Four, the laser, you think of the breads with the. Uh is it gold lasering on it? I believe. Yeah. Well, I didn't like, like the, the gold really laser. They had they the had the really gold. Rare. They had the gold lasering. They also had the red lasering. The red lasering was oh, pretty it's the cool. Red. It's the red from. It's from like yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what it is. The gold lasering I didn't like. Most of the gold ones I don't like anyways because they have like the defining moment sixes in gold. I don't like those either. Yeah. Um, yeah. But. Regardless, there were just a bunch of shoe hawks out there that I was like, guys, just celebrate the whole catalog. Come on. It's a nice shoe. Mm-hmm. Stop stop mm-hmm. hating on them. It's a nice shoe, you know? And like I said, Definitely. most compliments. Most compliments right there. So it's it's one of my favorites to wear. That's why I'm excited to wear them today. That's why. Uh, okay, Dave. Moving on. Last birthday suit. Now, this is the one... Don't think this you're going to get dif- the difficult one. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I still gave you over 50%. Because she's okay. got she's got a big name. It's just, mm-hmm. I it's it's she's an actress. I don't know if you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. Nope. So mm-hmm. I gave you six, I gave you 67%. That's being ho- that's okay. being hopeful. Um, okay. And now don't let the don't let the the age throw you off on this one either, because she looks way younger than her age. Mm. Um, okay. Born on September 2nd, 1966, in Veracruz, mm-hmm. Mexico. Her father mm-hmm. is a Lebanese a Mexican, being born in Lebanon. Uh, mm-hmm. Our birthday suit wearer has described herself as 50% Lebanese and 50% Spanish. At the mm-hmm. age of 12, she was sent to Louisiana to go to school at the Academy of Sacred Heart in Grand Coteau. Mm. She mm-hmm. graduated school, moved back to Mexico, and then in 1991, she decided to move to Los Angeles to try acting. Her first mm-hmm. big role was in Desperado with Antonio Abanderez. Then she played in Fool's Rush In with Matthew Perry and Wild Wild West with Will Smith. In 2002, she played in the movie Frida, Then in 2003, she played in Once Upon a Time in Mexico with Antonio Banderas and Johnny Depp. In 2010, she played in Grown Ups as Adam Sandler's wife. She is married to Francois Pinot. Name that birthday suit wearer. Hmm. I have, I mean, I know her face. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But I got got nothing. I I was afraid of that. I was afraid of that. I knew you'd know the face. Selma Hayek. Selma Hayek. Yes. Wouldn't have gotten that, but okay. Happy birthday, Selma. She is, I mean, for 54, yowzes. She's an attractive lady. She's an attractive lady. And her husband is worth $40 billion. Sweet. 
<laughs> Good for her. Forty billion dollars. His company. What does he do? Well, his company is a giant conglomerate that owns like Gucci, owns all of these big, really big name brand like clothing and merchandise uh, uh, deals. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Francois Pinot. Um, she also. This is really a side note, but I uh, mm-hmm. saw it on her Instagram. She has a pet owl. Wait, what? Oh, wow. Yeah. And I got to say, I'm really on board with that. I You can dig the owl pet. I am super on board. If I could have, <laughs> like, I was just thinking of how, first of all, how fun and crazy it would seem if I, if I brought a band into the studio and when they turned around, there was just an owl on my shoulder. Sitting there. And, and I was just like, oh, that's just my owl. Don't worry about that. Anyways, let's get this uh, interview started, guys. Like, that would right. be just... And, and the owl's just sitting there with his big old crazy owl eyes looking around. They're like, what the f- is that thing doing here? What is? What did we get ourselves into? This guy is right. nuts. Anyways, Selma has an owl. And I'm a little bit jealous. I want one. Um, one day, one day, uh, pretty cool. Yeah, one day we can hope. One day, uh, happy birthday, Selma. That'd be fifty-four. Fifty-four, looking happy good, birthday. looking good. Happy birthday. Hopefully, some good rolls coming your way soon. Anyways, Dave, it's time to bring up the great uh, shows that we have coming up. We do have some yes, great sir. ones. Going to tell you about the next two that we have. Our next one on the docket next week. Super excited about this. Took us a little bit to work it out because he's such a busy dude. Finally got him on the show. Trevor Hall is going to be on the show. Big time Trevor Hall. He's got, talk about the listeners, he's got like a million and a half listeners on Spotify. He's got great jams. He's He's been going since about 2008. He's been making jams just nonstop nice. too. Just nonstop. This guy has been all over the world. In 2015, he got a really bad staph infection. He had to shave his dreadlocks because of it. Hang it real good friends. Oh, no. Yeah, it's sad. He took a vow not to shave his dreadlocks. And then he had to, because uh, uh, he was doing this whole yogi experience where he wanted to become uh, an, a, a true like Indian yogi. And yeah. uh, he made a vow that they make. Uh, that you don't cut your hair for 12 years during this experience. And then he got wow. staffed seven years into it, had to cut his dreads. Oh! Well, if they if they cut it for him, then he doesn't cut it. Wait, what? No, I get it. I get it. I see what you did. Not really a joke, but it's it's true. Not really. I don't know why I did the dish after, but it's late in the show. I mean, you know, it's a technicality. He could get out of it. He's like, hey, I didn't cut it. That wasn't me. I didn't want it to I'm happen. Still, I'm still in. I'm still in this, guys. You know, I I just sort of want to tell him that you know, I, I sort of take that vow accidentally and do about a three year vow, and then yes, I'm like, do. oh, whoops, it's grown for three years and I haven't cut it. I guess I need to cut it. Bro, so, come on. That's usually my vow. Anyways, yeah, he's coming on the show. Trevor Hall is going to be here. It's going to be great. The next week after that, we've got sleeping. Wolf on the show. Fantastic group. They've got some jams out there. These two guys are out in L.A. doing their thing. Can't wait to have them on the show. Like I said, I've got some strings I'm trying to pull in the background. There's some guests. He's working. He's working, ladies and gents. They will blow your top. You you will not be able to contain your excitement. But 
for now, we got to wrap it up. So, until next week, I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, the man that loves his dog unconditionally, Dave Burles Berlin. Guys, it's been another fantastic Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Go hug your dogs for me. Give Mm -hmm. them some good cuddles. Or your owl. See you next week. Or your owl. Or your owl. Pet their feathers. Pet the crap out of their feathers. If you ever watch, you can watch some videos, guys. Not to derail, but if you go on YouTube, you can watch some videos of people petting (laughs) an owl. Into a wormhole. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just just put in petting owls. And it's so great because they they nod their little head down and their big old eyes go down a little bit. So good. So good. Yeah, it's cute. cute. It's very cute. I actually use it uh, in a blood pressure slide in my PowerPoint. What? Anyways, really really side note. (laughs) Anyways, until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity-doo-dah.